You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd. It is my nine-year wedding anniversary, so I will, as an aside, say happy anniversary to my wife, Tiffany Rodriguez, who is actually hearing me record this as I go. It's also a preemptive May the 4th be with you to all of our Star Wars fans listening. If you wish to party it up Jedi style with UC San Diego colleagues, students, and their families, there will be a free screening of Rogue One at the Epstein Family Amphitheater, along with an appearance by the galaxy's best cantina band, the Millennial Falcons. The fun starts at 6.30 p.m. and is free and open to the public. Registration is required, so head over to amphitheater.ucsd.edu to RSVP now. And now back to business. Big news. Registration for UC Tech 2023. The theme is Resilient, Rising, and Re-Inspired. And it's now open. View the program and get registered by visiting uctech.berkeley.edu. In a related note, the deadline for submission of the UC Tech Awards nominations has been extended to May 8th by 5 p.m., if you need any assistance in writing your application, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at its-communications at ucsd.edu. It's not too late to celebrate the achievements of your IT services colleagues by nominating them in one of the seven awards categories. Click on the UC Tech Awards tab of the UC Tech 2023 website for more information and to submit your nominations. And with that, let's send it over to Mark Herzberger, who sat down for a discussion with Harrison Watts. This is Mark Herzberger, Communications Manager in IT Services. Today, I'm joined by Harrison Watts. He is a Service Offering Manager and Software Engineer here in IT Services. Harrison, welcome to the pod. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you, too. I wanted to bring you on as perhaps a bookend of sorts as far as our experience with the current podcast. You probably remember we did an interview about three years ago. You were one of the first guests we had on the current podcast. I went back and listened to it the other day. It was April 2nd, 2020, and it was episode 11 and now we are up to episode 241 and you know the age of covid was very early then we were talking about your transition to remote work so i wanted to check in with you and just start there what has been your experience during the age of covid what are your reflections and as the hr crowd would say what is your current work modality between uh, whether you're telecommuting still or have ventured back to the friendly confines of Tory Pine Center South well, thank you. Uh, point of clarification, I was largely, almost entirely remote prior to COVID, mm -hmm. so it wasn't too bad of a transition. Uh, when I look back, however, but COVID rocked everybody's world, how, however situated a person might have been. And I, you know, I consider myself to be, have been and be so fortunate 
to have the career I have and be able to, to work as I do when I look around me and think of all the people who didn't have that, I would consider it to be, you know, privilege, although some people, you know, probably didn't like working remotely and, and don't. So I don't know. But I, I think like a lot of people, I look back on what happened over the last three years as some kind of living nightmare of exercise in, you know, uh, reality checking and navigating ever-changing sources and, and types of information and social interactions. And getting ready for this interview, I was reflecting on one of my earliest COVID clashes where I was going into Dixie Line to get something and COVID had just become a big thing and masking and that I, you know, valiantly and carefully scoped it out tried to go down aisles without people. And this, this person came right toward me like a, a, a COVID breathing dragon, you know, and he was talking loudly. And I just, I tried to dodge out of his way, <laughs> you know, and, and I probably said something like, hey, hey, could you hold on for a second? And then this person just let go this, this rant uh, at me. And, you know, I think there were a handful of incidents like that over the last three years that I'll probably never forget. Uh, I also am never going to forget how I had to keep changing my strategy when it came to being indoors, being outdoors, even running down the beach or trotting down the beach is more like it, where and I laugh at myself now. It's like I'll be trotting down the beach and I remember it's so, so fresh that, okay, here's somebody coming the other way. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, now it's just laughable. But, you know, we just didn't know. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that it, uh, there weren't, you know, never got really ugly with people uh, one way or the other. Uh, and, you know, I think overall, at least in my little world, it was more civil than not. Mm -hmm. But I'm still processing it. Well, I'm glad to hear. Sounds like you're doing uh, well uh, overall. Glad you're able to uh, persevere. Why don't we transition a little into some of the work you do here in IT services? What are the projects you work on or the applications that you support? I support an array. The, the big one uh, is a, a research compliance application. And I led an effort to completely re-engineer and re redevelop it and you know, refactor the redo the database the application stack move it from vb to a c sharp for those who know what that means and uh, and it's always been uh, had a sql sql structured query language back end and it turns out there isn't anything on the market that the clients want or even would consider yet i i know they will at some point and it'll get moved into the cloud. Meanwhile, they all had gotten together in, in the vice chancellor of research in this particular compliance group and, and come up with a long list of stuff they really wanted, you know, and it's like good, fast, cheap, you know, that, that you can have pick any two. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they were willing to make it expensive and fast if they needed to. And I'm still focused on making it um, good. And so we scoped it out and they, they wanted us to pile some more resources on it, which we did. And, you know, initially 
it was like some of the things they were asking for is like, oh no, you're <laughs> just like panic, you know. But we got, uh, you know, I was able to soldier through a lot of them, and then we've added on a business analyst part time to help us, and then another engineer from the uh, research information service advancement team, and things are going along really well. And I found, you know, like something that's scary initially and seems huge as you get into it, you can find a way through it. And that's very satisfying. Sounds good. And what are some, I think you're, at, if not already there, approaching 20 years overall at UC San Diego. So what are some of the positions you've held in the past? Uh, well, so the first one, I got hoisted into UC San Diego by working at San Diego State on a grant-funded health intervention team with medical doctors, uh, sports specialists, dietary nutritionists, and others, and, and technology people to come up with a way of uh, an online intervention for men to keep them healthy uh, at, by uh, the right combination of exercise and diet. And um, I ha had the, both the technical skills to program this, but I was also, I can draw and did uh, animation for it. So that was really fun. And I gained 20 pounds. Uh, I had been in great shape before that, but then I started working more. And <laughs> that was, I think, I think obvious irony there. But they, we, they, they, the whole team, uh, this now retired physician led it, his name's Kevin Patrick, he got uh, recruited and, his, and ended up working for UC San Diego. So the whole team came over and we were working down there where there was free parking at Villa La Jolla, unbelievable. <laughs> and then I saw that that was a soft funded thing and that, you know, it was kind of going in different directions and I decided to apply for a job as a uh, publications coordinator for for what was then a combination of research and graduate studies. The same guy was the VC research and the dean of graduate studies. It was a great guy, an economist. And then we got our own VC research guy and uh, he helped us uh, and I supported that effort to get the research really bang the drum for research. And um, I started being, I've always been fairly technical and programming things and prototyping things. And so I started doing more of that and, and also managing some IT people in that group. And it kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And then they got to a point where it's like, they thought that all of the software part things that we were doing should be centralized. and. Uh, I could have stayed there as an IT manager, but I just found making things and working with clients to figure stuff out and it was more interesting to me. So I, I jumped ship and applied for the jobs that had been moved over to I, what was still ACT. So I was in ACT for about 10 days before it became ITS. What are some of the things you did before that San Diego State position that, that morphed into the, the UCSD? <laughs> well, as we go way back in time, I was a UI design manager or leader, technical team leader at Microsoft. Uh, that's where I ended up. Uh, and I let, I really just voluntarily left. I just gotten promoted. And I think of it as jumping out of the hot tub because I felt like if I stayed there, 
I would be, you know, like living in the biodome. I would have actually no marketable skills other than being qualified to keep working at Microsoft. And maybe I was wrong, maybe I was right. But, you know, then I did a lot of teaching. I thought I could teach what I had learned about all sorts of things at Microsoft and including some programming. Uh, I got hired by the biggest uh, keeper of information about people, places, and things. It was then called Claritas, but it was joined mm. at the hip or owned by Nielsen. And this, these people could now back, you know, this back before the internet really took off completely. But there, there were, there still was the internet, of course. But they could tell based on where you lived. You know, you're, they would segment you, and based on what you know, magazines you read, they would know what to market you. And I, I, I actually, you know, I had some kind of misgivings about working mm -hmm. for them, but that's okay because um, right after I canceled a bike trip through France, uh, I had my bike all ready to go. They laid me and my team off. This is right during the dot you know, mm -hmm. bomb thing. And so I didn't have to worry about any uh, conflict there of conscience. And I went back to doing more teaching. And then that that led to the job I talked about working for this. Uh, what's, you know, there's another conflicting acronym, but it was the PACE team mm -hmm. for physician assisted care and exercise or something like that. Did you get a degree in computer science or something like that? Or did you learn, you know, programming software engineer type skills, you know, on, on your own or, or through through work or other avenues? I have the I have the absolute perfect background for software engineering. And that is two degrees in classical languages. <laughs> uh, and actually, that's no joke. There are some pretty well respected, uh, you know, programmers who have a similar background. I uh, my I have to thank my mother because when I was in grad school, she sent she bought me my first computer, and I started getting really like into it and mm -hmm. just programming stuff and learning stuff. And actually, I got hired into Microsoft more on the design side, mm -hmm. I was working on the and actually worked on the team that came out with the first Xbox. A uh, bunch of industrial designers and UI designers and so forth. But I learned, and Microsoft had the bucks to pay for me to learn these programming languages. So um, I, it was ad hoc. Uh, and I've just continued to do that. But back to the college experience, I'll put you on the spot. What were the classical languages that you may have specialized in? And, and can you can you mumble out any phrases for us? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, so I, one of my favorite, uh, Greek terms, so ancient Greek and Latin, and I had to also learn German and I always already was pretty good at French. So, uh, one of my favorite ones, and it was actually on a t-shirt in the ancient Greek workshop at Berkeley, where I went and it's Pathemathos, which is, uh, I believe, I hope I'm not wrong. It's like from Sophocles, could be Aeschylus. I have to look it up. I forget. But it means it, it means learning through experience. But the way that you translate it in Greek is ambiguous it, to, from Greek to English. It's also learning through suffering. <laughs> and I've always loved that, that double entendre, you know, the, this experience. Yeah, you learn through experience, but you also learn through suffering. <laughs> 
Um, switching gears a little, I know you are a continuous improvement and Lean Six Sigma enthusiast. Tell us about your experience at Process Palooza a few weeks ago. Well, I, yeah, thank you. I had apprehensions for two reasons. I hadn't been in large gatherings in person uh, like a lot of people, and I had some concerns about that. And the other thing is that I competed in the first, I think, and the second Process Palooza competition in teams, and, and both of those times I lost. And, you know, lost is a strong word because you always gain something, I think, from, from competing and the mm -hmm. people that you meet and the problems. So I never felt diminished really, uh, but I had lost. So one, I decided I would volunteer I, and that was fun. I, I mean, bizarre, because I'd always been on the receiving side of swag bags, but never on the the swag, <laughs> the sausage making side mm -hmm. of, you know, modern times, Charlie Chaplin production line sign of swag bags. And that was, that, that is, was, I was glad I did that. And I just had some great, uh, pretty exhausting experiences doing that in some ways. Um, and then, yeah, I decided, you know what, let me just throw my hat in the ring and see if they pick me. And it turns out they, you know, they needed people, I think, and they, they picked me to, to be on a team, a great team. Um, and hey, we were one of the two winning teams. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, so third time was the charm. So I'm glad, I, you know, it's like a lot of things in life, you think they're going to be difficult. You think you don't want to do them. You go ahead and do them and you go, wow, I'm so glad I did that. What was that day like in terms of, you know, you get this, you know, you get, you get to a team, probably people you don't know, you get handed a packet with like this problem, then you get a few hours to make diagrams and discuss it and come up with a solution. So what was that process and experience like for you with your team? Well, so I'm going to go back to my ancient Greek stuff. There's Epimetheus and Prometheus. And Epimetheus was the brother who, who always just thought of stuff afterwards. And Prometheus was always planning ahead. I remembered the failures of the first two, like what I did wrong and what we should have, could have done as a team. And I actually had like those in mind coming in. So I was ready for the packets. And I just remember when we didn't win, it wasn't you know, like they lay out what they what the judging criteria are going to be. So they give it to you. But, you know, in the heat of all that, people go off in different directions. They fall off. They they fall in love with something they just thought of or something that they they may have experienced recently that they think uh, they, this is the thing. And that's the lesson. Don't don't. And in a lot of things, don't fall in love with your first idea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was just trying to be helpful. Um, not heavy handed, you know, like I, because everybody was saying, oh, you're the veteran, you know, you help mm -hmm. us. And I and I just took a kind of low key approach to coming up with some suggestions and ideas and, you know, hey, you know, was pointing out what was written. But everybody, you know, a lot of people were I mean, it's exciting. I mean, it's, you know, mm -hmm. I was everybody gets that, you know, a switzish or whatever you get, you know, it's just kind of in the moment there. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I still can't believe I, we actually won. Okay. Why don't we close it down here? What are some of the, you know, personal or family interests you have outside of work? Music is a, is a huge one. I've been a percussionist since I was like a little kid. And uh, I also rem remember my older brother was, a, you know, a, a guitarist and uh, he's no longer with us, but 
it's like in families you 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 know sometimes siblings don't can't do what the other sibling does mm -hmm. and so he passed away and i i decided to go back to guitar so i've been uh, and doing you know a lot of percussion but almost a kind of a rhythm guitar approach to guitars and uh so recently i got to perform at a, at a concert i was going to go back to busking in balboa park on the marimba and now i use the guitar as well and but i got called into a that like last minute to perform these pieces I hadn't practiced for a concert this last Sunday. And uh, um, I locked myself out of the performance hall before intermission um, accidentally. It was part of my strategy to take a, a break and get something to eat and then join the group after intermission. And I found myself in a locked gated area behind the school where we were performing in No Way Out. Um, so I ended up scaling a, a uh, like a five or six foot wall and managed to get back and at the very last minute join the group for this performance. And that was fun. Nothing like a little breaking and entering to uh, make sure you, yeah, you know, funny thing, you mentioned that because when I, I, you know, I wasn't bleeding and I hadn't ripped my clothing. Um, I got back to the front of the auditorium and there was a, a sheriff's vehicle and I thought <laughs> oh, they got me on camera. And it turns out they were just, it was just the changing of the guard for the uh, the security that they had. Because it was a, you know, it was a like three hour concert with about 10 different uh, groups performing. Yes. Well, Harrison, we appreciate your triumphant return to the current podcast and thank you for your time. You're so welcome. Thank you, Mark. Take care. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.